the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And we might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. Boy, we've had the beautiful weather here in Central Florida, and I uh, hope you're enjoying it as well. Just wonderful. Actually, springtime weather makes me think of baseball season. We've got a great show for you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And, of course, as you know, in our program, The Roger Franklin Williams Show, we discuss those topics from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions. In just a moment, I'll introduce our first guest. Before we do, though, I want to remind you about our friends over at Network Sound and Video, Vito and Rhonda. Network Sound and Video is where, of course, your memories can last forever. They are audio and video restoration services, Network Sound and Video can restore film, VHS, and all camcorder tapes to DVD and digital. They can also restore record albums, reels, and cassettes to CD and digital. Network Sound and Video can scan photos and slides and create a wonderful, wonderful DVD videos for any occasion. That's Network Sound and Video. You can find them at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com online, 24-7, 365, or just Drop by and see them. They're conveniently located on Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood at 2520 Ronald Reagan Boulevard, Longwood in the Merritt Center. Get over and see Vito and Rhonda today and start the process of getting updating your memories and getting them there where they can last forever. Well, it's always great to see our friends do well. We, as you've been hearing on our show and on our stations uh, the last several weeks, we had a momentous occasion uh, from our friends at Porky's Original Barbecue in Apopka. In fact, they're celebrating their 15th anniversary in business this month. Had a great the grand opening week celebration earlier this month, but uh, it's always great to continue to celebrate the great food and atmosphere and things that happened over at Porky's Original Barbecue in Apopka. And right now we're pleased to be joined by the founder and owner of Steve White. Hey, Roger. How you doing today? Good, good, Steve. Good. I just wanted to call in and say hi to everybody in a pop good day. It's a beautiful day. You might want to come out and eat out on the patio today at Workies. Well, we plan on seeing you a little bit later. It's great to, to have you joining us for a few minutes. I know how busy you always are, you know, cooking up all that great food and, and creating a wonderful atmosphere for people to have wonderful experiences. But just tell us a little bit about the, the 15th anniversary. Oh, it went really good. It's hard to believe it's been 15 years. It just seems like yesterday we did this, and it's, uh, uh, we had a really good turnout. We had a little party on uh, last Thursday night, and uh, we gave away a little mini bike and uh, had a really good time. I think we had about 198 motorcycles showed up for that night. 
it was a real good crowd and got a lot of support from the community. Also, real good. That's great. Now, can you tell us just a little bit about how how Porky's got Porky's got started? As I remember when you when you did get started, as you said, that seemed like fifteen years ago. But uh, right. you know, what led you to you know want to open your own barbecue restaurant? Well, I wanted to open up a restaurant. I wasn't for sure what I wanted to do. I, w- I was either going to do like an Italian restaurant or a deli. And I was traveling through Georgia when I was in the decision-making process, and I, I stopped at a little barbecue restaurant, and they gave me my uh, food before I got my change back from the cashier. And I was like, ooh, I think this will work. And I have a pretty extensive background in barbecue from mostly at home, never in a restaurant, but uh, I just decided this would be the way to go, get, get a good, quick, fast lunch, and, and actually meat's good for you. You know, so and, and I just came back and developed it, and it turned out really well. We fine-tuned ourselves. We've gotten a lot better than we were the first first week or two, but that was a learning learning experience. But we are definitely rolling down. Now, one of the things that, and, and I'd like to have you share. I know many of our listeners of our show are our customers are of Porky's, also of our of our radio stations. But of course, there's always new people tuning into the radio stations all the time. New people, you know, moving to Central Florida all the time. So I know there's some people out there that haven't experienced Porky's. What would you tell them? For somebody that's never been to Porky's before, what, how would you describe it? Well, if you want to just feel like you're at your uncle's house or your cousin's house, you know, we try to try to, uh, try to to convey that message. You know, I want to, I, I enjoy this work, and it's uh, I want to make it fun. I like to know the people, you know. And it's, I've met so many people here in town and, and from out of town, but it's just, it's just like you feel like you're going to your brother's house for lunch, you know, or something like that. You know, it's where you just feel at home and comfortable. And I've decorated the place. You know, it's kind of like my my man cave. My wife won't let me have at home. You know, <laughs> got all the pictures up on the wall of different people that've been here and and sports sports uh, pictures, different things that I like, and uh, just a real comfortable atmosphere. It's uh, it's real fast service. You come in, you're going to get your food within five minutes, and uh, and it's going to be good. It sticks with you all day. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. You eat it, and then ten minutes later, you're hungry. You're going to be full for quite a while. We get a lot of the, uh, a lot of workers, construction workers, people that work outside, and they come in and eat that big sandwich in like a minute, like it's uh, like it's nothing. And then they're back out on the road and working the rest of the day. And so, so it's a good atmosphere here. Like and that's one of the things personally that I really enjoy most about. Porky's, it's hard, you know, there's so many great things, but yeah, just the, it's a casual down-home atmosphere. The people you see there are the kind of people you'd like to, you'd like to be around and be associated with genuine, unpretentious, hardworking, good old patriotic American people are the people that, that go to Porky's. And I, yeah, if, I, mm-hmm. if I could handpick, if I could handpick my customers, I couldn't have done a better job <laughs> yeah. than the ones that I have here because they really, really, we have a great set of customers. It's a place yeah. where real people go to get really, really good food, great food. And of course, uh, you know, I know that a lot of law enforcement, every time I've, I've, I think I've been at Porky's the last 10 years, at least, if not more, there's always a group of law enforcement uh, officers there eating as well. So I know you've got a, a great reputation with, with the law enforcement community. Yeah, they're good. A lot of good people there, man. They put their life on the line every day out there for us. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like I'm part of their family. And as a matter of fact, today we're we're catering a party for the Apopka SWAT team. That one you can't mess up at all. <laughs> you <might get> in <laughs> big trouble. But, don't want to get on the wrong side of those guys. Yeah, that's right, man. Keep them happy. I brought a little extra meat with me on this. <laughs> <laughs> and banana pudding. You know. 
our banana pudding is phenomenal. It's one of, one of the, we have that, and then we have carrot cake, and that's all we offer as dessert because it works. They love it. Yeah. Speaking with Steve White, the founder and owner of Porky's Original Barbecue in Apopka, they're located right in the heart of downtown Apopka, 256 East Main Street. That's also Highway 441. Can't miss them as you go through town. In fact, as soon as you come up the hill, coming from the east, you'll see that big uh, yellow, black, and um, porky sign. I yep. also want to let you know that, um, and, and Steve, what I'd like to also, I'm glad you, you know, talked a little bit about the menu, because one of the things, that in, a, in addition to the, to the great atmosphere and the great people you meet at Porky's and the great people you enjoy associating with at Porky's, your family and friends, is your menu. And it, it you know it's a great barbecue menu with a lot of the traditional things you expect, uh, you you know, you look for and hope for and expect at a great barbecue restaurant, but you, you kind of put your own twist on a lot of things too. I mean, you've got great specialty sandwiches such as the monster ribeye sandwich, which is now famous, the barbecue Cuban, the, the pig dip. Uh, just tell us a little bit about the sloppy cow. Tell us a little bit about some of those uh, specialty sandwiches that you only find at Porky's. Well, I just, uh, you know, I like, I like to watch some of the food channels and I see a lot of different things going on there. And, uh, Plus, I get tired of eating the same thing every day, so I had to put a little, a little uh, diversity in our menu. And uh, we came up one day, uh, one of my friends brought in some Cuban bread. He said, you got to try this bread. It's so good, you know. And so I was like, hey, we could, we could make our version of a Cuban. And we did that. And, man, it is delicious. And uh, it's not a traditional Cuban, but it's got the sliced smoked pork and mustard and pickles on Cuban bread. And then we press it. And it's just a phenomenal sandwich. The sloppy cow has become the the newest hit around here. And what that is, that's our beef brisket, and we put some sautéed onions mixed in there with it and then top it off with some creamy horseradish sauce. And it is a real, if you like horseradish sauce, it is delicious. I mean, it's just it's, it's like eating prime rib with horseradish. Very good sandwich. And then um, we also have uh, the uh, pig dip, which is basically uh, a French dip, but it's made with pork. And you, uh, we put it on the Cuban bread also and press it, and then you dip it in au jus and bite it, and boy, it is good. It is good. And a famous uh, tater hash. I don't know if you've ever had that before, but that's a bed of our our roasted red potatoes. And then we put uh, a little chip pork, which is real fine pork, on top of that. And then melt cheese on it and serve it with sour cream. It's like eating a big old stuffed potato. It's just a really good meal. And I tell you, you eat that, and you won't have to eat again all day. It's a, it'll stay with you. But uh, we just try to, we have hamburgers, Caesar salads, uh, black and chicken Caesar salads, a lot of different things, you know, because I want people to eat here more than once once a week. And and you can't eat barbecue every day. Some people can. But um, I like to give a little variety so people can have different things here. And, and it's worked out real well. What's great. We, um, we're excited to help you uh, get the word out and celebrate your 15th anniversary all month long. I put the actual date was February the 8th. Is, is that correct? Right. And um, but it's it's always great to celebrate any occasion at Porky's, and of course, as many of you know, Porky's is also the official home away for home for the Blue Daughter Sports Central show, uh, and we're up there often every Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon. Getting in is Porky's is also the official. Steve, we made it. It was originally unofficial. We made it official. The official place to start your weekend in Central Florida with lunch at Porky's every Friday. That's right. Yeah, we're open from a. Uh... 11 till 9, you know, Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, Sunday we're closed, and Monday we just open for lunch. We uh, close at 3 o'clock on Mondays, and uh, that way everybody can spend a little time at home, but still be open enough for everybody to get here to see us. Well, that's great. Congratulations on 15 years, and look forward to getting up there and seeing you actually literally in a, in a few minutes. 
But yeah, so, well, we're going to try for another 15 years. If I can get my daughter to, to go to work for me, because <laughs> I want to retire one day. Uh, hopefully we'll be here another 15 years. You know, that's, that's great, and you've uh, really made a huge contribution to the Apopka community, the Central Florida community, in many di- different ways, in addition to just serving great food and being a great place for people to gather and share wonderful experiences as they have great food. Congrats, Steve. We'll see you a little, little bit later. Okay, thanks, Roger. Have a good day. Steve White, Porky's Original Barbecue in the heart of downtown Apopka, 256 East Main Street, which is also Highway 441 right in the heart of town. And we're going to go to our next break. Please stay with us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. And this is my Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We really enjoyed our conversation with Steve White of Porky's Original Barbecue. And um, it's always great to talk to Steve and I'm very happy to have him share with you directly about the great things at Porky's and you know, a little bit about the background and how we all got started. Of course, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And right now we're pleased to be joined by Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court for Seminole County and Comptroller for Seminole County. And, you know, it's really been a, a, an eventful past week for the Clerk of Court's office in Seminole County. And we'll go to Grant right now and have him um, begin to bring us up to date and you know, Grant, you know, since um, pretty much almost the, the first appearance, your first appearance and you became elected, uh, you've been telling us about, uh, you know, kind of turf battle that's been going on, I would say, uh, with the aggressors being the, the, quote, Seminole County government, if that's the proper way to put it, the Seminole County Commission, essentially uh, looking to infringe on, from your, on, you know, on, on your turf there as, as clerk of court uh, relating to how you um, in, in, invest money that's collected uh, by the, um, in Seminole County. So, and, and actually... Unfortunately, culminated in a in a legal proceedings and a court hearing this week. And why don't you bring us up to date and, and, and share with us you know, where things stand now and what happened over the past week? Sure, Roger. On Tuesday, there was a court hearing. The case was uh, transferred over to Orange County to uh, Judge Lawton over there. So on Tuesday, spent the morning over there in a hearing. And it's such an unfortunate event that Seminole County is suing you know another government within its. Um, Orders here by them suing the clerk's office. The estimates are this will cost taxpayers about a hundred thousand dollars. This is totally unnecessary. You know we're a hundred percent compliant with the investment policy. We're making good returns. Um, I post all that on our Facebook page and on our website. We're making taxpayers an additional four million dollars per year over previous years. But that being said, it just seems they have this turf battle, like you say and have sued me saying I have to turn over any authority, any discretion, basically, to a third-party company that works for them. And I'm sorry, that's not something that any other county does that has a comptroller office. Uh, The comptroller is a taxpayer watchdog. We oversee the spending. We oversee the investments. We follow the rules, but we're the checks and balances over local government. And for them to think that I'm going to hold the responsibility but yet turn over my responsibility, you know, to a third party and take the liability is just crazy. So it's bad policy. The judge did not make a, a ruling. Uh, he took in information from both sides. So your your guess is as good as mine as to when that ruling will be made. Everybody says no matter which way it goes, it'll be appealed further up. But I did send out the commission a compromise, you know, trying to work with them, that I'd listen to their investment advisor if you took out the control portion even invited a commissioner to sit in our investment committee. And I don't know what else you're supposed to do to, you know, work together. Uh, They rejected that offer. So 
it's, it's astounding the, the amount of money and time being wasted when we could be doing more productive things. You know, it's kind of interesting to observe. You know, I know this has got to be a you know difficult situation for you. I mean, nobody likes to have this kind of conflict, and ultimately, of course, ends up going to court. I, yeah, I've been reading a lot about um, Abraham Lincoln in recent weeks, and you know, kind of I don't want to over dramatize you know, your situation, but actually, I see some parallels between you know Lincoln and his battle to preserve the Union. You know, and um, you know, I th- think one thing that that I'm really beginning to first fully grasp right now is that. Um, you know, there were a lot of voices from even in, um, you know, in, in the in, within the union and political leadership within the uh, the union to uh, for Lincoln just to, to to you know settle the the war and just say okay let you know let him go and you know just let him secede and we'll go in without him and yeah he really endured um, tremendous hardships of course which a war that you know over half a million men died. Um, but 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 in order to preserve the union, because not because that was, which was really a difficult course for him, uh, but it but it was um, he felt that was just the right thing to do. Um, anyway, I, I kind of see some parallels with you, in that you know this isn't a battle that you were looking for. It's not a battle you wanted to fight, but uh, it's certainly a you know something that's that's not um, it, it's a stressful, difficult process. But it's something that that that, you, that you're doing basically on you know on behalf of the essentially the citizens of, of Seminole County to, to make sure the government uh, structure operates the way that it should with an independent clerk's office. It, it, it is fascinating. And, and, you know, I found a long time ago when I was on the commission, you know, if you stand alone and you stand for what's right, you know, you will be attacked. Uh, there's, you, it, it's guaranteed. And, and this is a classic example where we're doing a, an excellent job. We're following best procedures you know, and um, yet you're being attacked on it simply because it's a uh, quest more for power than it is for performance. Uh, and it's just unfortunate. Again, this is costing taxpayers $100,000, probably more. It's totally unnecessary, especially when you have a county that just raised property taxes, you know, raised impact fees, and is going around crying they don't have enough money for sunrails. Like, well, then why are you suing your clerk's office then if, if you're so short on money? Seems to be a disconnect. To me, and I think most people would see it that way. But if folks want more information on this, you know, I have a Facebook page, Grant Malloy, Seminole Clerk of the Court and Comptroller, and you can, I put the information there. And also, all our investments are, are located on our website, SeminoleClerk.org. So we're totally transparent in this, and we're always looking for ways we can keep the money safe and generate the best value for the taxpayers. Ironically, in this lawsuit, they're suing me because I did not keep $40 million in a checking account earning no interest. That's one of the things in here. I'm like, why would we do that? We took that money out and put it into money markets that are currently earning 1.6% and are, are uh, guaranteed and are safe investments. So again, that's our job, day-to-day investment of money. The commissioners need to focus on roads, you know, synchronizing traffic lights, taking care of the parks, the fire departments. They need to work on those type of things that they're supposed to do and let the clerk and comptroller work on the things we're supposed to do. And uh, things would work out a lot better. We're speaking with Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court, Comptroller for Seminole County on the Roger Franklin Williams Show right now. I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Florida Door Solutions. Do you have garage door problems? Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can find out more at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com, or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR, 866-FLA-DOOR. Tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now, now, Grant, there was another major eventful thing with your office um, in the past week, and this went on a more positive note, and you, you kind of opened up a uh, an innovative, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
idea or you, you presented an innovative idea to um, help support uh, victims of, of spouse abuse. Can you share that with us briefly? Yes, uh, Roger. This is an idea I had about a year ago when I first got here. And when I arrived, I looked at the place where citizens go to get injunctions. So basically victims of domestic violence who are coming in for restraining orders, you know, against the partner that they feel is, um, you know, may cause harm to them. That's the responsibility the clerk's office has. There's no filing fee. We uh, process information, get it to the judge, um, you know, so it, it can be decided upon in, a, in a, quickly, a quick manner. So when I arrived here, it literally was about, the space was about the size of a, of a closet. It could fit four chairs, and that was it. And there was a desk, and it was just not a good situation because you can think about people that are in that situation are very stressed out. You're coming into a small little office with absolutely no privacy. Uh, you're, you're handed a clipboard, and many times there's no place to sit or you don't want to sit around other people listening to you, so you go out in the hallway. And there were many times I would see, you know, people there, tears, filling out a, a, a clipboard in the hallway. We also had a victim advocacy group that was on the second floor that could help you out, but sometimes it was hard to find. So what we ended up doing is we cleared out uh, some clerks from the downstairs on the first floor. And this is a great story of the county and the sheriff and the judges and the clerk's office all working together. I wish investments worked as, as well as this. You know, w when we all work together, great things happen. So the county built a, a separate office down there. We repurposed some uh, um, some workstations. They built a, like almost like looks like a living room when you walk into it now. So there's a place you can come in. It's, it's decorated very nicely. There's private rooms where you can talk with a clerk or an agent of the domestic uh, violence uh, uh, support group there. There's uh, automated forms you can fill out so that the judges can read it easily. And it's very secure because the deputies are literally right outside the door by the um, courthouse security place where you walk in. So it looks great. Channel 9 did a great story on it. I think the Sentinel's going to take a look at it this morning. It's a place now you can come in and you're treated with the respect I think you, you should be due, and especially in a difficult time like that where you're trying to get out of a, an abusive situation. And we process 1,500 of these a year, so it's a fairly busy, busy office, and this looks so much better. Again, you can see photos of that on our Facebook page, and it's just a, an added service here, a higher level of service to the citizens of Seminole County. It's great to hear more innovative, interesting things you're doing to serve the citizens. Well, um, it's great to speak with you. I know you've got a busy day. Wanna, you know, uh, great to have you share with us. I appreciate it today. Thank you, Roger. If I could give one more plug for our website, SeminoleClerk.org. And there is a new feature on there that's very popular. People are finding out about it, that if you have a child support case, we now have a place where you can log on, and it's a, a private, secure portal to your account balance. So instead of having to call us during work order, work hours, you can actually go right online 24-7 and log into your child support case uh, to see what your balance is. It also works for alimony. So I wanted to throw that out there, too. But I sure appreciate, Roger, you having me on and letting folks know what's going on in Seminole County. Thank you for sharing with us. Have a great day. Best wishes going forward. Thanks. Grant Malloy, Comptroller and Clerk of Court for Seminole County, really gives a lot of insight. These reports give us give a lot of real-world insight in the way that government actually really functions. Before we go to break, I want to give you a word about our friends and tell you a little bit about our friend, my friend Ryan Fitzgerald and Ryan Fitzgerald Construction Incorporated. Uh, 
Ryan Fitzgerald Construction is a certified general contractor based in Mount Dora. Ryan Fitzgerald Construction has been privileged to complete residential, commercial, agricultural, and recreational projects across the continental U.S., Puerto Rico, and Alaska. Ryan Fitzgerald Construction is committed to taking your project, no matter how large or how small, from concept to completion with excellence and efficiency. Contact Ryan Fitzgerald Construction today and start the process of completing your project with excellence. 352-223-5989 is the phone number, or just visit ryanfitzgeraldconstruction.com. And before we go to break, I want to remind you that all the programs you hear on FM 105.5 The Answer, AM 660 The Answer, and 1520 WBZW are supported by Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic, and Vern Fat Orlando. Find out more at vernfatorlando.com. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my turn. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. Really hope you enjoyed the conversation with Mr. Kyle Hayes, representing one of the a truly outstanding private Christian school here in Central Florida, St. Barnabas Episcopal School in Deland. And I know many of you would probably want to learn more about this outstanding school, and I encourage you to visit the website for St. Barnabas Episcopal School located in Deland. Now, I want to, um, before we go further, talk about a couple of topics. Uh, you and I, and then, um, but first of all, I want to share with you, once again, I want to congratulate our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue and Apopka, Steve White, owner and founder, celebrating their 15th anniversary this month. It's always tough to get a new business started. It was tough when Steve started Porky's back 15 years ago, which doesn't seem like that long ago, <laughs> but it's, uh, but um you know, I really can't say enough good things about Porky's, but a couple things that I would say are that, of course, they've got the outstanding barbecue. Uh, in addition to that, Steve puts his own unique stamp, creating various other sandwiches uh, that are his own unique crea- creation, barbecue sandwiches and others, such as the pig dip, the monster ribeye sandwich, which is now famous, and others as well. But also the great old school Southern side, such as, you know, uh, authentic green beans and mac and cheese and collard greens and could get going on, but, and, and not to mention the best sweet tea in central Florida and the best banana pudding in central Florida. It's all, it's all there at Porky's original barbecue and a popcorn. But the, the, the main thing I would say the the best thing to me is in addition to the great food, it's just, it's a great casual, unpretentious atmosphere. It's Porky's. It's a wonderful place to gather w- over good food and drink with just good friends and family. So anyway, if you haven't been to Porgies, I encourage you, urge you to go. And of course, if you if you have been, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And but especially want to give a shout out and a big congratulations to Porky's owner Steve White for make they're celebrating their 15, for 15 great years here in Central Florida. Also, want to let you know about our friends over at Sheila Auto Repair and let you know that if you're 
looking for a place that will care for your car, truck, SUV, any other vehicle uh, with old-school honesty, dependability, and integrity, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka, which, of course, is Highway 441. And to be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now I'd like to share a little uh, recollections and kind of a sad event that I learned about just a couple of days ago is, you know, a, a longtime friend, 30-plus year friend, um, somebody who literally was an impactful person in my life, I would say a household name in Central Florida politics, uh, Doug Getzlow, died two days ago uh, on Tuesday, um, two days ago from when we're having, you know, taping, you know, recording our program. And I did want to say a few words about Doug because um, tr- truly um, he was instrumental, first of all, in, in my getting involved in the political arena. He was instrumental in many people's people um, getting involved in politics. You would be actually surprised at all the people that uh, Doug influenced and that his influence helped to open a door for numerous people that would be household names, elected officials, former elected officials, who got their start literally uh, either as a part of his Young Republican Club, Central Florida Young Republican Club that he created, or on the numerous grassroots initiatives that he launched, um, essentially fighting big government and uh, looking to shoot down big government. But I would want to say a couple things about, uh, share with you um, personally. Now, of course, um, <laughs> you know, the word controversial was, was, was that would be a tremendous understatement. Um, but, you know, I also say there, and, and you know, that was that was Doug's style. I mean, it was bigger than life. He uh, certainly had no problem with confrontation, and a big part of his literal mission and passion was fighting the power structure. And when you fight the power structure, you're gonna you know, get pushed back against hard, and uh, it's not always gonna be pretty. So, I would say that certainly the controversial uh, adjective is, is very well earned and very well deserved. But I'll also say that much of what uh, has been in the media about Doug over the years was was overblown and and um, you know very one sided and in many, in some cases unfair. So I think uh, there was a, uh, in some cases a caricature developed that was um, very over the top and 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 really didn't tell the full story. Was not balanced and, and ultimately not accurate. And I wouldn't want to say those things. A couple of things, but what I would like to share now is just my own observations and some of the 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 very good things that. Doug Getzlow did in the political arena in Florida and here in Central Florida. And the first way that I would describe it as someone who's a dedicated, um, you know, admirer, if you will, of Thomas Jefferson and that Thomas uh, Jefferson's philosophy uh, and vision for what he wanted America to be, what he wanted our constitutional democratic republic to be. I would say that, that Doug Getzlow and his 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 career, his his activities in the political arena, um, his antics, you know, his bigger than life personality, his 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 you know, relentless and fearless uh, uh, confrontational aspect of of of, of his politi- of the way that he conducted politics was 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 just right out of Jeffersonian's vision, Thomas Jefferson's vision for for the kind of uh, America that we would have. And what I mean by that is that. Um, Several things. One, Doug was always 
pushing back, fighting the power structure, the elites in the community, often, if not always, on behalf of the underdog, people that didn't have uh, um, entrenched power, people, um, whether it was be uh, people that are um, you know, on, on the poor side of town, if you will, or people that were not connected to the system, you know, people that were basically impa- being impacting ne- negatively um, by cert- by various initiatives, uh, and, and people that and just basically taxpayers and homeowners and and citizens in general who did not want to pay for the the latest uh, public works project, a, a multi hundred million dollar public works project down the coming down the pike that essentially you know, the inside. Um, power structure was always coming up with. So my point is, you know, Doug was always an advocate and relished being an advocate, was passionate about being an advocate for the underdog, people that didn't have power, people who didn't even know who to call, if you will. And I could share numerous stories of that with you. Some of you, many of you probably even have firsthand experience of that kind of thing. The other thing going the next step, and this is something I think was completely missed over the course of his his life and, and, and activity in, in, in Central Florida politics, which goes back to early uh, 1980s, was he provided a forum and, and an opportunity for people who otherwise would not have been involved hands-on in the political arena, including uh, running for office, which was actually my case, um, to get involved. And, you know, it was, I remember, you know, it was somebody who was very interested in politics, somebody who'd followed politics closely, Back from the days I was literally a child, you know, my parents were involved in, you know, um, political activity and you know, in terms of supporting candidates, uh, not, active, not activists at all. But, you know, my father always had bumper stickers on his car. I always knew who they were supporting. My father always, uh, you know, overtly campaigned for candidates. Um, you know, my mother was very, you know, interested and um, loved to talk about what was happening and had her opinion. So um, that was just the way I grew up. But my point is, you know, come, becoming an adult, and I know many other people are in the same boat, would have liked, wanted to get a little bit more involved, wanted to help some candidates, meet some candidates, participate on some campaigns, just flat out didn't know how to do it. You know, and, and if you go back to Central Florida back in the early 80s, it was kind of a closed system. Uh, you were kind of like handpicked or tapped, if you will, to, to run for office or whatever, and um, um, that's pretty much the way it was. Um, and the various political groups, you know, didn't really, uh, you know, welcome you with open arms, <laughs> to say the least. Um, you know, they knew what they wanted, knew what their agenda was, knew who they wanted to implement the agenda, and, and that was it. Yeah, you know, if you want to participate, go put up some signs, maybe. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Doug gets though tremendously opened up the process, gave up a playground, if you will, <laughs> gave a, a forum, an opportunity for thousands of people, and it might be tens of thousands of people here in Central Florida to get more actively involved, to meet a candidate, to, to get involved on a campaign, to get involved in, on an issue, get involved in an axe to tax campaign fighting some big uh, multi-billion dollar you know, boondoggle you know, for some you know, theoretical esoteric transportation project or whatever. You know, and the, and the, the, the amount, amount of um, you know, initiatives for these kinds of huge multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar, in some cases a billion dollar initiatives, Doug defeated so many of those you can't even, probably even hard to count over the last 30 years. Um, standing up against the power structure, mobilizing citizens, getting real people involved at the grassroots level. So those are some things that, uh, the positive things that Doug Getzlow did and will be, always be part of his legacy. And the reason I mentioned these and even talking about this is because um, I think over the years that was left out of the equation in so many stories about uh, Doug, because one of the dynamics is 
you know, when you're fighting the power structure, it's, 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 it's a brutal process. And um, they've got the ability to push back hard, and, 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 and they did. And, 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 and it's kind of a I see t- tremendous correlations between the role that Doug Getzler played here in Central Florida and you know, his style, if you will, which was a you know, sharp stick-in-your-eye style, <laughs> confrontational-type style, um, and, 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 and Donald Trump and the way that he you know, practices politics in the public arena. And the point, as we go into break, that I would finish that up with is that was what Thomas Jefferson had in mind. That's what, that's what quote, democracy, small d, is. It's when you've got people participating, people having the opportunity to participate, to speak their opinion, to get involved in campaigns, it's going to be messy. It's not going to be this wonderful, smooth process like, a, you know, um, etiquette at the country club where everybody just, uh, you know, puts their arms around each other and shakes hands uh, after the after debate and, um, you know, go off uh, you know, singing together. Uh, it, that's not that's not reality. That's not the way it works. It's it, 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 it's messy. It, it can be ugly. Um, but But that's from the Jeffersonian perspective, which I agree with, that's the way that it should be. That's the way that that, that truly uh, democratic government actually really works. Anyway, we're up on our next break. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. And this is my Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. I want to remind you about our friends over at Florida Door Solutions and let you know that if you've got garage door problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. Give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. Tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now, I'll just kind of pick up the discussion about uh, Doug Getzlow and you know, his legacy in Central Florida. And, of course, um, as I said before, controversial is one word that's always uh, almost part of his name, and, and and that's that's accurate. I mean, that's that's not overblown. That's I, mean, I think he would uh, um, actually be proud <laughs> of, of that moniker. Actually, um, but the point that I would that I'm making is that there was a tremendous amount of good things that, that Doug did just um, to, to to really foster political debate, to give people outside the quote system, the inside political system, a voice uh, and an opportunity to to push back against uh, kind of a rubber stamp process, which many times included, as, as, as mentioned, and as you, many of you know, just uh, you know, uh, these massive public works projects, for lack of a better word, uh, word um, that, that would seem to always be coming down the pike from the political insiders in Central Florida. And I would say over the course of his, of, of, of his life and his political activity here in Central Florida, there's no telling how, if you put a dollar figure on all the... Uh, all these uh, massive uh, public works, transportation type projects that that Getzlo put put a stop to, it would be in the billions, <laughs> and 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 then you know, and that fits in, that's connected, related to um, his quote con- controversial reputation because, and this is one thing I think that that, what, that really got missed is, and I guess the be- once again the best way to describe it would be, uh, kind of reminds me of the Donald Trump approach, he wasn't afraid to take on the power structure. Getzler wasn't afraid to be that that person standing up against um, all the all the people on the inside, and that's that's a unique gift. It's a unique talent. Most people, virtually all people, do not want to be in that role that that John the ba- John the Baptist esque role of being that one lone voice that stands up and says no to the power structure. And but he relished it, and and that was a good thing. The, the point is whether you appreciated his personality or not, whether you liked him, didn't like him, hated him. 
whether you had some kind of personal um, encounter that, that, that soured you or whatever. Um, looking at the big picture is, is the role that Getz, Doug Getzlow played in Central Florida politics was a net plus. And it was a net plus from, a, as I said, a, a Jeffersonian perspective, a net plus from have, having an opportunity, uh, providing an opportunity. And what I mean by that is either on the political organization that he created, which at one time was the biggest young Republican club in the state of Florida, the Central Florida Young Republicans, to um, just these campaigns that he waged. Um, his political efforts, his grassroots political efforts, brought in, brought gave people a forum, an opportunity, a playground, if you will, is the word I use, to get involved actively on a campaign, to get involved actively, to meet some elected officials, to 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 become a player themselves, to to get involved in the, you know, walking precincts or putting out signs and um, phone banking, or in later days uh, doing work on the internet. Um, all these kinds of things. Getzlow, his activities. His confrontational activities, his, his contrarian activities—you know, fighting against the the power, if you will, fighting against elites—provided tremendous opportunities and a forum for thousands, tens of thousands of people here. I was—I know all about it because I was one of those to get involved. I worked on my first campaign, uh, walked my first precincts on Getzlow's campaign in nineteen. 19- 86 for the state Senate, where he almost pulled off one of the biggest upsets um, in Central Florida history against George Stewart Jr., uh, who was a huge, huge uh, uh, favorite and uh, turned out to be like a 52 to 48 race. It went down uh, late into the night before it was decided. And that's when really, um, you know, really gets up and begin to make a name for himself and an impact. But here in Central Florida, but my point is that was my first campaign to work on. Nobody else had ever asked me to work on a campaign. I found out about it. Through the Central Forty, by being a member of the Central Forty Young Republicans, which was a, a group that he founded, and and that's that's my, that's my that's my specific example. But there was tens of thousands of other people here, many of whom were are, became elected officials, some who are elected officials now, who kind of got their start, got that first step, got their initiation, the first taste of political battle, if you will, from some kind of movement that Doug Etzler was heading up, and that's a legacy that'll live on for 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 many years. And, and the other point, you know, it, it, since we don't have unlimited time, that I do want to make. Is that yeah? That controversial—that's the, the tag. That's certainly well earned and well deserved. But um, but but a lot of the negative press and the negative media that Getzlow got was not uh, deserved. It was it became a you know the a caricature uh, created. In many cases, not even accurate. So that's kind of what uh, I want to share with you now is to, to help set that record straight a little bit from somebody who literally observed um, him very closely in many of those years and who literally got my own start uh, being involved actively in politics. And by actively, I mean walking precincts for candidates, being involved in voter registration drives, uh, supporting candidates in numerous other ways, getting to know elected officials. That that very first step, that entree into that whole world and that whole process for me began because of the initiatives um, that Doug Etzel had started. And I know, as I said, tens of thousands of others had that same story, their own unique story. And the other thing is, the point I'm really making is that it, it all came out of a, out of a, an approach to public discourse, to political participation that's right out of the Thomas Jefferson philosophy of, of where it's the elites don't know everything. You know, the elites should not control our society. They should not control our political system, especially, and that the wisdom of, of common people, of everyday, uh, uh, and I don't want to use the word ordinary because I don't think uh, you know, our, our rank and file citizens such as you and I are ordinary. We're not ordinary. But, but the point is we're certainly not elites. And um, the point is, is, is the, 
the philosophy of Thomas Jefferson of, of tremendous respect and confidence in the wisdom of just everyday people knowing how to run their lives, knowing how to make the decisions that that where they can control their own destiny as much as we really can, to make decisions that affect our own lives and our own families. That's that's the Jeffersonian philosophy and um Seeing how, you know, as we as as Jefferson said himself, the natural order of things is for the power of government to expand and for the rights of citizens to recede, that we're there's going to be times, there are going to be occasions where we must um, get involved in the political process. We must get involved in the political arena. And the thing is, um, unless you've got leadership, grassroots activists, grassroots leaders with incredibly thick skin and, and, and kind of a, a taste for the, for, for, for the battle, those opportunities are not going to be there. Without the Doug Etzels of the world, you'd have you know, an inside elite running everything, picking the candidates, uh, picking the campaign managers, funding the campaigns. Um, and I think some people, I, you know, my perspective at least, that was similar to the way that things were run in Orange County uh, back up until the early 80s. And um, now, of course, people that that, are, that have that situation are not going to like it when somebody comes along and upsets the apple cart in the way that that, that Getzlow did, and in the way that he did, uh, which was not a you know, hey, let's all shake hands and a you know, go grab a beer or whatever. It was a, it was okay. I just beat you, and here's a nice sharp stick in the eye. So, but my my point is, from a Thomas Jefferson perspective, that that's that's the the situation. That's that's the kind our democratic republic functioning properly. Want to quote Jefferson? Um, of course, once again, paraphrase. Yeah, a little revolution is a good thing. Jefferson also said, of course, famously, the natural um, order of things is for. Excuse me. Said that the the tree of liberty must constantly be be refreshed with the blood of patriots and the blood of citizens. And of course, you know, Getso never got involved in anything violent. But my point is that that that's the Jeffersonian philosophy. That was his that was his his perspective, his vision, if you will, for democracy in America. Yeah, there's, there's going to be conflict, and he even you know suggested there's going to be bloody conflict. And and but the point is, from Jefferson's point of view, that's that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I don't know whether I would necessarily go that far, but my point is, the kind of outside agitator, the kind of person who's getting getting citizens involved, getting citizens activated, getting citizens mobilized to to fight the power structure, whatever it might be, some billion dollar uh, maglev uh, train project or. Um, some big MTA-style uh, transportation boondoggle uh, uh, costing hundreds of millions to billions of dollars, whatever these various things, some Mobility 2020 deal out there that the, all the insiders came up with to, to raise millions of dollars out of tax money off the, off the backs of the taxpayers. The person for democracy to function the way that it should uh, and efficiently, there's got to be these, pe- these, these, these leaders, if you will, these, these grassroots-style, hard-hitting, Leaders that 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 push back against the power structure give citizens an opportunity to oppose these things. And boy, that that was that was Doug Getzlo, and that was the role that he played here in Central Florida politics for about forty plus years. And as I said before, as we close out, my entree into politics was was directly due to Doug Getzlo. It was it was um, joining the organization that he founded, uh, the Central Florida Young Republicans. It was first campaign I ever worked on. Was his campaign walking precincts over in uh, uh, South Orlando um, on his campaign for the state senate, and many, many, many other people. People, you'd be surprised at actually how many people um, have a similar experience. 
But anyway, friends, it's been great to be with you today. I want to thank you for joining us, of course. And um, before, before we go, I I do want to had wanted to talk a little bit more about the National Football League, and I'll just say a couple things about them. Uh, it's it's a league in, in, in rapid free fall. It's a league in extraordinary decline. No, I'm not going to talk about the Super Bowl. I could care less about the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I from my perspective, and I share that with I know many of many of you who listen to our show. To me, being an American being loyal to our country, to the ideals that our flag and our national anthem represent, trumps any kind of watching any kind of sport or any kind of entertainment. And so that's my position, and I'm, I'm done with the National Football League. I do want to share one, one uh, stat that I, that I read in the David Whitley column in the Sentinel uh, last week, and it said um, the NFL has lost something like 20 to 30% of their um, – viewership or fans in the 18 to 49 year old demographic. That's huge. That's catastrophic. That's the kind of loss of fans that, that, that uh, are customers that would put major companies out of business. And I think that's just one more trend for the future. And we're going to keep a close eye on that as, as we move forward. But anyway, it's been great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you and I hope you have a wonderful day. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.